Welcome to Rhema for Today. So he just followed the Spirit, you see, and went with him. But you see, I'm sure, that you see, these three fellows told him, you know, now Carnelius has sent us. And there was an angel appeared to him and told him to send here. And, and I imagine that Peter began to get his eyes open. He said, uh-oh, well, I'm going to get in trouble with these Jews. Of course, he's one of them, he ought to know. I go down there and preach to the Gentiles, I'm going to get in trouble. They'll call me on the carpet just as sure as the world. I won't take my papers away from me for preaching to the Gentiles. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan as he talks about God's healing mercy. So on April the 8th, 1937, at eight minutes past 6 p.m. in the living room of the Full Gospel Parsonage, 309 North Chester Street, City of McKinney, Texas, I was baptized and the Holy Ghost spoke with other tongues. Spoke in tongues an hour and a half. Went out on the street talking in tongues. I don't mean out loud, talking in tongues to myself. The church at, at 745. And, and, you know, here I am, you know, you know how it is. You're baptized the Holy Ghost, just sort of like you're up on cloud nine, you know. You're, just, you're walking on the clouds, you know. And, you know, boy, you just, you know, you got to somebody said, like I said, that silly grin, you know. <laughs> and uh, you're just so happy and so, so thrilled, full of ecstasy. You know, the first thing the same bunch told me was that it won't last. That's right. Yes, said it won't last. And you'll come back down to earth. See, this is April, so last April the 8th was 44 years. Now, I ain't never come back down yet. <laughs> I'm still walking on the clouds. Glory to God. I don't know what they're talking about. I never have figured out what they're talking about. Oh, I do. I really know. You see, they didn't walk on in the spirit. They got back down here in the natural start and operate. The devil took advantage of them blooded their nose and beat their eyes black and they said oh dear Lord they got the wrong picture of God then see they didn't change their thinking and get off of the negative and onto the positive well this is wonderful alright praise God what's happened to you but something bad is coming boy it's coming yeah it's coming you better get ready for it it's coming they're always looking for something bad I was always the other way around I was always looking for something good Hallelujah. I remember a number of years ago, you remember, of course, we all knew it, and a lot of us had said it, but now, remember Brother Oral Roberts sort of popularized the statement, God's a good God. Remember that? You know, years ago, you know, he, God's a good God. He preached a sermon on God's a good God. And, and you know, and put out a little old plaque and, and popularized that statement, God's a good God. I was preaching the full gospel church, full gospel pastor. And I don't mean just one of them said it now. I mean about three out of four. Because I was in those days going from church to church holding what we call church meetings, you know. And, and I had pastor this and I'm thinking of right now, you know, he said, eh, I wished he wouldn't say that. Well, I said, why? Well, I said, it's not so. I said, you mean God's not good? Well, yeah, but said that's going to leave the wrong impression with people. Well, I said, do you mean he's a mean God? Should, should he say God's a mean God? 
Well, he said, I'll tell you one thing, boy, if you don't rule right, he'll get you. Now, see, his idea of God was, you know, he's some kind of a austere judge that's sitting up there with a big gavel in his hand, you see. And the minute you do wrong, he's going to cock you on the head. I heard a fellow preaching full gospel right here in, in the state of Oklahoma. Number eight, good fellow, don't misunderstand me, saved, baptized the Holy Ghost, but that don't mean his thinking's right. See, that's where we miss it a lot of times. Folks said, well, now they're saved and got the Holy Ghost. Well, did you ever stop to think about you? Go back to the Acts of the Apostles. The apostles were saved, baptized the Holy Ghost, and they still didn't think that the Gentiles could be saved. They had been saved. Now listen to me. The apostles and, and the early church had been saved and baptized with the Holy Ghost for 10 long years. They'd been speaking in tongues for 10 long years. You go back and examine. See, Acts 2, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, and in the 10th chapter, when the Holy Ghost fell on the Gentiles there when Peter preached to them, is 10 years between the two chapters. 10 years. For ten solid years, they were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and still didn't think, didn't know, and didn't think that anybody could be saved except Jews. And it was strictly a Jewish church. Are you listening? And you remember how Peter went out on the housetop to pray, and the angel already visited Cornelius, and Peter went out on the housetop to pray and fell into a trance. Actually, the Greek says he fell over bodily. Another way of saying that was he just simply fell under the power of God. And while he's laying there, up on the housetop under the power of God, he had a vision. He saw this great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, you know, and on this sheet all kinds of beasts, both clean and unclean. You remember under the Old Testament, Israel, there's certain animals that was unclean to them. They were not to eat, and certain ones were clean they could eat, see. And here's these unclean animals on that sheet as well as clean animals. And there's a voice from heaven said, Rise, Peter, slay and eat. Not so, Lord. Oh, no, nothing common or unclean's ever entered my mouth. And the voice of heaven said, Don't you call common unclean that which I've cleansed. And that happened three times. And then when it's all over, you go on reading about it. After the third time, the sheet was taken up into heaven and all disappeared. And there's Peter still up there on the housetop and said he doubted in himself. You read that for yourself in that 10th chapter. Said he doubted. Or you could say, I think, in other words, sort of debated in himself about what this meant. What, what, what does this mean? See, it's hard to get that straightened out with your thinking because he's still thinking, well, no, you know, no, the Gentiles couldn't be saved. I mean, uh, and so. The scripture said that these men, three of them had come from Cornelius' household. They was out there at the outer gate, see, because this angel had said, you know, to send to Joppa and inquire in the house of one Simon the Tanner for Simon Peter. So they was inquiring for Simon Peter. He's up on the housetop. Now, he can't see them because the houses were built with a banister around it. And besides that, he fell under the power anyway. <laughs> so he's out from under the power, but he evidently is still there on the floor, we'd say, so to speak. And so it said... Uh, the, the Spirit said to him. There in the 10th chapter, I said, The Spirit, the Holy Ghost said to him. There are three men seeking you. Go with them, doubting nothing. 
So he just followed the Spirit, you see, and went with him. But you see, I'm sure, that, you see, these three fellows told him, you know, now Cornelius has sent us. And there was an angel appeared to him and told him to send here. And, and I imagine that Peter began to get his eyes open. He said, uh-oh, boy, I'm going to get in trouble with these Jews. Of course, he's one of them he ought to know. I go down there and preach to the Gentiles, I'm going to get in trouble. They'll call me on the carpet just as sure as the world. I won't take my papers away from me <laughs> for preaching to the Gentiles. And they did, sure enough. I mean, they did. They called him on the carpet. They, you know, so he took some six brethren of the circumcision. That is, see, these were Jews. They'd been circumcised, but now then they were believers, you see, and been born again. Philip took him with him, you see, as witnesses. And so when they got down there at Carnegie's household, you know the story, that Carnegie's told them how that he had seen this angel in his house and had told him, you know, to send there for... And the 14th verse of the 11th chapter of Acts said that this angel told him, send, you know, to Joppa and inquire in the house of Simon the Tanner for one Simon Peter, who when he is come, when Peter's come, he'll tell thee words whereby thy and thy house shall be saved. And in rehearsing that matter before the brethren up at Jerusalem, he said, while I yet spake in them, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us in the beginning. And he had those brethren as witness, for we heard them, we heard them, we heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Well, now the point I wanted to make was, you see, it took this supernatural experience to change Peter's thinking. We've got the Bible to help us change our thinking. And we should think in line with God's word. Are you listening to me? So now just because you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost or even in the ministry or just because miracles happen, because didn't miracles happen under Peter? Ministry? I mean, didn't his ministry shadow fall upon there at Jerusalem? Folks were healed. They just brought him out and laid him out on the street, didn't they? You see, just because miracles are happening, people getting healed don't mean your thinking's right on everything, does it? You see, if God had to wait till we all got perfect in our thinking and every part of our being before he could use us, he wouldn't be able to use anybody but me. Because <laughs> I'm the only perfect one I know of. You know I'm just a joking, don't you? You see what I mean? You got the point though, didn't you? You see? Well, no, he'll go ahead and use people. Praise God at the level where they are. But you see, uh, we need to change our thinking. And, and that's true over here in this area of healing. The Word of God will help us to change our thinking. So this minister, back to him, I was talking about several of them, but this one I'm thinking about right now, he didn't like it because Brother O. Roberts, you know, said God just popularized that statement, God's a good God. He'd just keep talking about God's a good God. Well, now I want to ask you, isn't that what the Scripture the psalmist is saying here in the 145th Psalm, the 8th and 9th verse, when he said here, the Lord, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to a few. But he hates the rest of them. <laughs> you got your Bible still open, 145th Psalm, 8th and 9th verses? You wear your shouting clothes today? 
Man, if you can't shout over these verses, you haven't got any business shouting about anything. If these verses don't build a shout in your spirit, there's something wrong with your spirit. Amen. The Lord is good, good. Well, when Brother Robert said God's a good God, didn't that say the same thing? The Lord's good? The Lord's good? To how many? How many? How many? You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life, so visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer. First, the six-CD series by Kenneth E. Hagan, God's Healing Mercy, and Ken Hagan's three-CD series, Thanksgiving, A Continuous Flow. And there's one more special CD in this offer titled, The Lord Our Peace by Lynette Hagan. All 10 CDs together are only $35. That's a 50% savings. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Well, guess what else starts in just a few days? Uh, our men's conference. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Call to Arms. That's November 3rd through the 5th. It's going to be an exciting time. Oh, it's going to be a great men's conference. Hey, I, go to rhema.org slash CTA and get signed up right That's now. That's right. It's not right too late. Now. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagan's life-changing series, God's Healing Mercy. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.